are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, November 13th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for tuning into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast today on Friday the 13th. I feel like we haven't had one of those in a while. Anyways, to start off the show today, I wanted to get you all the updates from the NHL's Board of Governors call that took place yesterday. If you tuned into yesterday's episode of Locked On Blackhawks first, thank you for doing so, but also... Then, you know, I talked a lot about all of the latest updates from the NHL. We, uh, we know they're looking at a shortened season somewhere between 56 and 72 games, probably. It looks like the league is going to be using some sort of hybrid system for a return-to-play plan. A hub for an entire year just isn't an option. And while on the call yesterday, um, it sounded like that was going to be an important meeting between the Board of Governors, and it wound up that it was basically just a call to update everyone on how everything's going. No real decisions regarding the 2020-2021 regular season were made, unfortunately. Um, And I said it yesterday, though, that the clock is ticking for the NHL to figure out what they are going to do for next season because the NBA, they were on top of it. They finished their postseason well later than the NHL did. Um, They've yet to have the uh, NBA draft still, and yet they have figured out the start of their season will begin on December 22nd. They also just have all the details figured out. And while the NHL, you just can't quite say the same for. You would think they'd be uh, scrambling a little bit to try and reach a decision as fast as possible. I mean, we're now into mid-November, and if if the plan is still January 1st to be the target to start the season, which it sounds like it still is, that's one of the only details that actually emerged from the call yesterday. The plan still seems to be January 1st, but if that is in fact the case, training camps then would open up probably sometime in early to mid-December, which is, you know, just three weeks to a month away from now. And you have to give the players some time. You have to let them know what's going on. You just can't be like, hey, show up for training camp in a week and be ready. No, you have to give the athletes some time to prepare both mentally and physically for the grueling season that they have coming up, even if it is shorter than usual. The offseason already is cut down from normal, so the NHL, they have to figure it out soon here. They got to get a little pep in their step because right now they're playing second fiddle to the NBA in terms of a return to play plan for next season. Also, I think it's interesting to hear that uh, the NHLPA, they've come up with a return to play committee this offseason to kind uh, excuse me, to kind of advocate for players throughout this process. I'm sure they made it abundantly clear that they do not want to return to a bubble for an entire season. That would be miserable. 
Um, but the return to play committee that they're made up of some crafty veterans from around the league that are going to do the players. Uh, they're going to do the players right. Ian Cole's part of that group. Ron Hainsey, Claude Giroux, Zach Harmon, uh, Zach Hyman is also part of the committee. Um, so I'm happy to hear that the league or the players, uh, are coming out and making sure that they get a fair bargain for this season. The last thing we want is for the players to be unhappy or to be suffering mentally or something like that. Living in a hotel for an entire year, obviously that would be difficult. And we've heard some of the tough stories that came out from the bubble in the postseason. So I hope to avoid any situation like that for this upcoming season. And with that committee, I'm sure those vets will not let the players go into the year with anything but the best possible situation for themselves. All right, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to continue to talk about the 2020-2021 NHL regular season, and more specifically, some updates we have on the potential division realignments. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilko, the protein and energy gel your body needs on the go. Bilko comes in a squeezable plastic container, which makes it super easy to eat on the go before a workout, for your breakfast before a long day at work, and also just as a tasty snack around the house. Everyone has that wall they need to break through every day to get their body going, whether it be physically or mentally, and Bilko is the perfect protein and energy source your body needs to get ready for whatever your day is going to throw at you. Right now, Bilko is offering 20% off, but only to Lockdown listeners. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now, click on the Built Go section at the top, and use our promo code LOCKED in all caps to get 20% off your first Built Go order. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at Jack Bushman 2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Talk It Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and to follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. All right, so we just finished talking about the NHLPA's return to play committee and when the 2020-2021 regular season could kick off. Now I wanted to be sure to talk about the possible division realignment that the NHL may be forced to go to because there are still some concerns about whether or not Canada is willing to open their borders for the NHL players. And right now... It doesn't sound like the league is all that optimistic that the borders will be opened by the time the season would start. So, on the board of Governor's Call yesterday, TSN's Pierre Lebrun reported that there was some more talk about possibly using a Canadian division and three United States divisions for next season. I discussed this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, so for some of you, this might be old news, but for those of you who didn't tune into that episode, yes, the NHL could be looking at switching up their divisions next season into a Canadian division, a Western division, a Central division, and an Eastern division. The Canadian division obviously would have all seven Canadian teams. The West would be Anaheim, Los Angeles, 
San Jose, Arizona, Vegas, Colorado, and Dallas, while the East would be the New York Rangers and New York Islanders, the New Jersey Devils, Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh Penguins, Philadelphia Flyers, Boston Bruins, and Buffalo Sabres. That would leave the Central Division looking quite interesting. The Central would be our Chicago Blackhawks, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Detroit Red Wings, the Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blues, and Tampa Bay Lightning. Quite a different makeup than what the Central Division currently is. Only Chicago, St. Louis, and Nashville would remain. But this idea is starting to become more and more of a possibility. Nothing is set in stone at the moment, but as I said... It doesn't sound like the league is all that optimistic right now about the Canadian borders. And if they stay closed, this would be the option the league is forced to go with. So what I wanted to talk about today is, if this is the case, where in the Central Division standings would the Chicago Blackhawks finish next season? First, in my opinion, there's no way the Hawks are better than St. Louis or Tampa Bay. Those two are out of the out of the equation. They're clearly just at a different level than we are right now. Um, I'd also kind of, I wouldn't put Carolina in that top two realm like like Tampa Bay and St. Louis are. I think Tampa Bay and St. Louis are cup contending, but Carolina, they also are one of the favorites heading into next season. Just a lot more pieces than we do. So I would have to guess those three are probably the top three teams in the division next year. I'd probably go Tampa Bay at number one, St. Louis at number two, and then Carolina at three heading into the season. Then the the middle of the pack, though, it, it's kind of a tight race here in the real line Central Division. Um, starting with Nashville, I don't really think they're trending in the right direction, but they, they do still have some good talent. Their top talent is really good, so I think those guys will keep them in the hunt for the postseason, especially on the back end. So I think because of their star players and because of their defense, Nashville will finish ahead of the Blackhawks next season. I'll probably have them in that four spot behind Carolina. As for Columbus and Florida, they both kind of took a little mini step back this offseason, in my opinion. I'm really interested to see how Max Domi will fare with the Blue Jackets after the trade. He was swapped for Josh Anderson, who then went on to sign, I believe, a seven-year deal with the Montreal Canadiens. Um... But I still don't think the Jackets are going to be that good. Uh, I don't think they have that deep of a roster. And kind of the same with Florida. Obviously, the Panthers, they still have Huberdeau and Barkov up front. Those guys are incredible. But they lost Evgeny Dadnov. He was a key piece for them. And I also just don't think they have that great of depth in their forward group. They're still pretty solid defensively. And they also have Bob Rofsky in net. So for those reasons, I'm going to put the Florida Panthers at number five in the Central Division for next season, which that that feels weird to say, Florida in the Central Division. Anyway, uh, then I am going to put the Columbus Blue Jackets at number six. They still, they have two solid young goaltenders. They have most of their forward group coming back. Only really swapped Josh Anderson for Max Domi. And also that team, no matter who is on their roster, They play hard and compete every night for John Tortorella. So for those reasons, unfortunately, I am going to put the Columbus Blue Jackets at number six ahead of the Blackhawks, leaving the Hawks at number seven. I just don't see how this team gets much better or better at all, really, from last season after they got rid of Saad, they got rid of Corey Crawford. They didn't address the hole that Saad left on the top line at all this offseason. 
And then they're going with a bunch of unproven netminders going forward. So it's just hard to rank the Blackhawks ahead of teams that have more figured out than they do right now. I, I will put the Hawks over the Red Wings, though. I have Detroit checking in at number eight because they're still a couple years away from making any type of push for the postseason. But if the Central Division does get realigned for next season, I predict that the Chicago Blackhawks will come in seventh out of eight teams, only ahead of the old division rival Detroit Red Wings. All right, I think that takes care of my predictions for the Central Division if the NHL does go with the realignment for next season. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to talk about a story that TSN's Pierre Lebrun wrote about Blackhawks defenseman Brent Seabrook and a couple of the traumatic experiences he has had to fight through in the past couple of years. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like cookies and cream, toffee, almond, double chocolate, and right now, Built Bar is currently offering a limited time release of their pumpkin chocolate chip cookie and maple pecan flavors, which, just like all 12 other flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low-calorie and low-sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get 20% off your first order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com today for a delicious and healthy snack option and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get 20% off your first Built Bar order. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also always email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, the Blackhawks, or anything that has to do with their draft picks or their moves during the free agency period. Okay, so I just finished giving my prediction on the Central Division standings if the NHL is forced to go with a realignment for next season. Now I wanted to be sure to talk about a little bit of a tough read that was published by TSN's Pierre Lebrun this morning. Lebrun wrote a story about Blackhawks defenseman Brent Seabrook and a couple of the hardships he has fought through in the past couple of years that not many people know about. Seabrook, he's a guy that... He likes to keep to himself mostly, kind of the stereotype for most NHL players these days. But Siebes opened up recently. He finally felt comfortable enough to share these experiences. The first traumatic experience that he dealt with that I wanted to share because I think 
not only is it important to know what Seabrook went through, but also it's just kind of a crazy story in its own. Um, but the first traumatic experience that Seabrook dealt with, it came in March of 2018. That was when, unfortunately, one of his closest friends, Scott Hebert from back home, he took his own life at the age of 47. And according to Seabrook, this was a guy that was always full of energy, full of knowledge, the life of the party type, and he he never saw it coming. It, it completely blindsided him, and he was just, just heartbroken and couldn't deal with the news. And in that same month, March of 2018, Siebes, he actually played his 1,000th career game. I personally was lucky enough to be in attendance that night, actually. Um, but before his 1,000th game, Scott's wife, Scott Hebert's wife, she told Seabrook that Scott would be there watching Brent for his 1,000th game. And this is where the, the story gets a little get, gets a little weird, but in a good way, you'll see. Before the game, Seabrook, he's in the locker room, getting ready, preparing for the contest, just how he does every game. Um, but randomly, in comes the Blackhawks' emergency goaltender. And what's his name? It's Scott Foster, for those of you who forgot, the accountant that became the Blackhawks goaltender that night. So Foster, he comes up to Seabrook. It's just like any game, though. They obviously don't know that Foster's going to come in. But Foster, he comes up to Seabrook, and he introduces himself, obviously, as Scott. And Seabrook immediately hearing that this random guy comes in and introduces himself for the first time, and his name's Scott, immediately Seabrook was weirded out by the situation after Hebert's wife told him that Scott would be with him tonight. Just kind of a goosebumps moment that happens in the world sometimes. Um, and sure enough, what ends up happening that night, Anton Forsberg gets hurt in pregame warm-ups playing soccer, Colin Delia gets hurt on the ice, and Scott Foster comes into the game, steals the show by making seven saves, and holding on to the lead for the Blackhawks as they beat the Winnipeg Jets. As as a fan there, I mean, so glad I got to witness that moment. Even before knowing all this stuff, it was so incredible. The fans were going nuts. It was like a 6-2 game against Winnipeg. In late March, the Blackhawks were already well out of the playoff picture. And he, here we are, the United Center's rocking on their feet because an accountant's in that leading them, not leading them to victory, but holding on to the four-goal lead that they had. And it's not like... You know, he was just getting dumps from center ice. He faced a couple of Patrick Laine shots. I remember Mark Shifley had a good scoring opportunity that Foster gobbled up with no rebounds. And the fans were just going nuts for Scott. And just hearing this backstory behind it now makes it even more meaningful. So I definitely wanted to share with you all this this experience, that, as sad as it was for Seabrook, just, just a crazy moment that the... <laughs> Earth just does these things where sometimes they, they make you feel like you're in the right place at the right time and things happen for a reason. So I definitely wanted to share that part of LeBron's story on Brent Seabrook. I definitely recommend checking that out. It's a great read. It also has a great backstory about some other tough experiences that Seabrook had to go through with his father and kind of how the Blackhawks training staff kind of played a role in that situation as well. So definitely go check it out. You can find it on LeBron's Twitter page, easy to find, type in Pierre LeBron, definitely worth the read, and it'll, it'll make you think differently about the last couple years of Brent Seabrook's career, and uh, although he struggled on the ice, he was going through a lot, and it's just always important to remember, these guys, they're not robots. 
they're regular people like you and I are, and you got to treat them as such. As, as tough as it may be to see them struggling on the ice, you never know what somebody is going through, and I, I'm proud of Seabrook for being able to open up and share these experiences because it's going to help other people open up about their experiences in the past as well. And I definitely think it'll uh, give people a different mindset on Brent Seabrook as we head into the 2020-2021 NHL regular season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, November 13th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast for all the latest news from all 31 teams from around the league. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks will be Mailbag Monday, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here live on the podcast. So for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, hit me on one of my two Twitter accounts, or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until Monday's episode, everyone, enjoy your weekend responsibly, and thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey.